0: <laughs> uh, hopefully our computer doesn't shut down we'll see it's been a few oh, weeks oh god sorry we wanted to get these episodes out for you sooner you guys probably knew that one. uh we are currently in the process of re-recording our seasons and it's been a few weeks cassie's been pregnant we are gonna jump I've right in pregnant. she been pregnant Judy. um julie she was looking she was- at her call the cat judy julie oh
1: um i reached back because i was stretching and i accidentally poked her in the eye (laughs) oh my god (laughs) she's she's only got
2: three (laughs) legs you (laughs) asshole i didn't mean to she's probably like oh my god attention
0: (laughs) yeah i started petting her head
1: after that i was like oh my bad and then she hopped up on that stool and now we're here
0: and here we are recording in episode freddie mercury part two part uh is happening right now so d- was that
2: french d- 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 d-
0: <laughs> i mean i guess so where did we stop the last episode i guess i should fi- uh oh.
2: it's marked part uh, ah, two
0: here we go part d- <laughs> um <laughs> what were we talking about last time i don't fucking know well you guys probably know because you probably listened to part home oh. it's uh. freddie mercury not
1: elvis
0: does <laughs> 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 that sound like elvis no I no that's no, how I'm you saying, say one in french i don't know it's uh Okay, so I think where we stopped last time was right about at Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. So we are picking back up page in... Page 12. 1976. Uh, yes, we're picking back up on page 12 for those of you who have the assigned reading in <laughs> yes. front of you. Sorry, following along.
1: <laughs> we can share the dry folder.
0: No. <laughs> Terrible idea.
1: I mean, it'd be funny, but... Did you just, <laughs> did you just rip your asshole? <laughs> no,
0: that, was, that,
2: that sounds incredibly painful.
0: <laughs> that sounds like very powerful. I mean, I know they stretch, but... <laughs> a powerful fart.
2: No, that was my elbow on the desk.
0: Oh, what the fuck?
2: It slipped. Oh,
0: a-
1: speaking of ripping, I went to the doctor.
0: Oh, I thought you were oh. going to say, I'm about to be Please ripped. Please tell us. No. If, if, <laughs> if you rip your asshole when you give birth, are you going to tell the podcast? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm
1: afraid <laughs> of don't. all of that happening. But um, I had a like a scan and they told me like the size and everything of the baby. And his head is massive. It's in like the ninety-six percentile of like what the average so, like, should be. Jimmy
0: Neutron, so, so he's got a
1: big noggin, and I was like, "That bitch comes out head down." <laughs> like, what do you mean? She said, like, "It's okay. Once it passes, everything else will come out really easy." And I was like, Ugh.
0: "Oh, gross!" So it's he's in big. the
2: he's in the big head club with you, yeah, and me. I and had, a big head too. had a big head, actually. Yeah.
0: I spoke with your mother. And you were
2: just a big baby apparently. I
0: was just a big wow, bitch John all body okay. shame her. Wow. I know when they had the
2: big head. All <laughs> wow, right. So being wow, wow, wow. a uh, baby Steve. Yeah, 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 but head my head,
0: club. you know, I like I said I was the third child, so by the time I came along I, that shit was open for business you know like i hey, just fucking fell right out so there you go yeah i did verify I'm that i'm
2: sure your mother will be happy to hear that on the show
0: oh yeah Goosey. <laughs> oh my good. god <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna fucking
2: kill
0: me but i talked to your mom and your mom said that they yeah wait i think you said that too they didn't have to use the forceps or whatever to get yeah your i got fucking scars from it still out. yeah you idiot that's probably why you're so dumb
2: that's why i'm on the show Is this this a show for dumb
0: people? (laughs) Probably. Hey, rate us (laughs) in the App Store on Spotify and shit. All right, Jake, did you intro us?
2: Uh, No, I did not.
0: Go ahead and do that.
2: All right, just in case. Because people are probably confused. Yeah, I think they are very confused. You are listening to Death by Music Podcast. That was Julie. That was Julie again. (laughs) There she is a third time. I am Jake, and I'm here with Cassie and Alex. We are doing part two of Freddie Mercury. Say it right. Part D of (laughs) Frederick Mercury. Can I pee real
0: quick? And we also
2: need a bathroom break. And
0: we're going to pause. We are five (laughs) minutes into recording and we are going to take a breather. (laughs) BRB.
2: Back to Freddie Mercury after our little bathroom break. Uh, Definitely one of my better favorite bathroom breaks, yes.
0: Okay, so where we left off. Last episode was the beginning of 1976. Queen had just released A Night at the Opera and Bohemian Rhapsody, and they're about to head out on a world tour as full-blown partying, drugs, sex, excess rock stars. After some shows, the band was pretty used to Freddie just, like, disappearing. Like, they would end, and he would just fucking dip. But they didn't know where he was going. Looking back, John Reed speculates that Freddie's illness... Really took hold in New York City, where he would just kind of approach men and point at them, and then take them back to wherever because he could just get away with anything. Pretty ballsy. That,
2: that's a power move right there. Oh yeah! When you, when you got that kind of pull on people, I guess. Yeah, you just no point, point at intended. them, and they're like, <laughs> you know? they're
0: like, uh, yep, yeah, uh, uh, me.
2: Yep, let's go <laughs> on
0: my way. Um, so at this time, Freddie was still living with Mary Austin and enjoying his time with David Mins, but was basically sexcapading internationally too. He had tons of money and was not afraid to spend it on parties, clothes, and cocaine. But at the same time, Freddie was looking for love. So uh, once he told Mary about his sexuality, she agreed to be his girlfriend in public, but gave her blessing for him to sleep with men. They did end up breaking up in 1976. But he was just about the most famous person in the world, and the cracks were starting to show. UK media started to speculate, and Freddie kind of became destructive and wild he couldn't just come out as gay though like if you've seen in the movie the bohemian rhapsody movie this is the part where he's throwing the elaborate party he's got the cape and the crown and he's realizing that none of these people are his real friends but you gotta carry on
1: it must have been such a low point for him too especially in the realization that he wanted to be loved someone he wanted to be loved by someone for who he was And all those people that were surrounding him, other than his band and Mary, were just there for like
0: clout. Having that realization has got to be really depressing. Uh, So the group began work on the album A Day at the Races, which was basically a sequel to A Night at the Opera. This album featured the song Somebody to Love, also released on my birthday.
1: This is my go-to song for being in the car and just like blaring it and singing along.
0: I learned that um, Don't Stop Me Now is a very fun karaoke song. And uh, this album also had one of my favorite Queen songs, which is Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy.
2: That is a fun one. Something I found interesting while digging into this album, the song White Man, written by May, is about the suffering of Native Americans at the hands of European settlers. And this song actually precedes Run to the Hills by heavy metal legends Iron Maiden by almost six years.
0: Hmm. Oh my God. And... The guys in iron maiden are fucking geniuses bruce dickinson and brian may put them in a room together
2: yeah the, as in the, the uh, you said bruce dickinson he's like a
0: he's fucking like a smart. science
2: major or some shit too isn't he a history major or something
0: um i think he's a historian kind of and nerd. a pilot uh oh he's look he's a brewer he is an author he is a historian and he is a pilot and then uh Brian May is an astrophysicist, I believe. Plus, let's not forget Brian May's basically metal song, Tie Your Mother Down. No surprise, that was an international success.
2: Yes, one of my faves also, since you mentioned metal, I don't think we touched on this in part one, but Queen kind of came out with one of the very first uh, things first <laughs> One of the very first thrash metal songs just two years prior in 1974, Stone Cold Crazy. So good. Famously covered by classic thrash metal gods Metallica.
0: Oh, and uh, Queen basically pulled a David Bowie when it came time for them to perform it on TV. They couldn't make their show, so their label presented the Sex Pistols as their replacements. Those guys swore on live TV, which was pretty fun. Oh, no curse words. What about the children? They'll be ruined. Fuck. Uh,
2: i think we all know how that generation turned out so
0: (laughs) what's worse uh hearing a swear word on tv or getting beaten by your parents which they (laughs) all were now it's early 1977 and queen is back on the uh, to the u.s for another tour mary's moved out david stayed in the uk and freddie was ready to fuck uh in 1977 so freddie quoted he was quoted saying, I sleep with men, women, cats, you name it. Oh, no. I'll go to bed with anything. My bed is so huge, it can comfortably sleep six. Which People are terrible. cats.
1: Get out of my bed. I'm every, trying to sleep.
0: Every bed can fit six cats. Jake knows. <laughs> uh, and sure, when nobody knows what the fuck AIDS or STDs are, like, why the hell not? Just, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from fucking everything
2: yeah never mind that where the fuck do you buy sheets at
0: the store big and tall
2: for that bed Sounds you're not like, going to target
0: yeah not going to the Kmart. i well, don't know
2: they're, they're all closed so yeah okay.
1: <laughs> but can we also talk about freddie's love for his actual cats like platonic love not sexual anyway <laughs> yes, he uh, had uh he had <laughs> 10 cats throughout the span of his life dorothy tiffany tom jerry delilah goliath lily miko oscar and romeo all but one of them had been adopted, and he treated them like they were children. Mm-hmm. He even wrote Delilah about his favorite cat for his last album with Queen.
2: Uh, notice the one named Dorothy. I wonder, oh, A, friend of and that's Dorothy. a uh, reference to a future episode that, if you're just joining us, you may not have heard yet.
0: Because we are time travelers, Indeed. you don't know what we're talking about. Uh, so <laughs> all of the other guys were off with their wives or spending time with Thin Lizzie, who was their opening act, and Freddie found himself alone. So he went to find some dudes to smash, and... Uh, leave behind before the next tour date. He did have some steady partners though. One of those was Paul Prenter. Now this guy was actually their manager John Reed's first boyfriend and John added him on as tour staff. Uh, This is the Irish dude in the Bohemian Rhapsody movie.
2: Uh, He was also a fellow 1970s Mustache Aficionado Society member.
0: Card carrying member?
2: He probably was. There was a lot of large mustaches back
0: then. (laughs) I think it's coming back. Yeah, it is uh fr- you said that's fine mm-hmm. oh cassie likes a mustache cassie likes a man with a mustache just letting you guys know <laughs> tell my husband
2: <laughs> didn't your dad Did have a mustache have-
0: yeah my dad had a mustache for a while and then he went uh, he was in the army he went to korea for a year when he came back he didn't have the mustache anymore i was like who the fuck are you get out of my house <laughs> daniel doesn't have a mustache he does sometimes okay Freddie gave Paul money, and Paul would do whatever Freddie wanted, even if it wasn't good for him. He was the Yoko Ono to Queen. He was driving a wedge between Freddie and the other members. In addition to Paul, when Queen returned to the UK, Freddie came back to David Minns, toting a cute 27-year-old chef named Joe. Freddie was hoping all of his lovers would treat him the same way that Mary had, with understanding. But that was not the case. David was truly heartbroken david actually overdosed after being told that this that his relationship with freddie was over and he was not allowed to go to the press about it eventually joe left back for america too he was like the male version of mary though he ended up playing a role in freddie's life as his personal chef until he died
1: joe had moved into freddie's home at the garden lodge that fred shared with his partner jim it was said that joe was the only person who knew how to handle freddie's panic attacks
0: Now, Queen had to rush and lay down tracks for News of the World. They produced this album on their own, this time without the many vocal choir layers and a bigger focus on rock. For this album, Queen decided to write an anthem song, and We Are the Champions was born. It was actually declared the catchiest song of all time after a study done by scientists at the University of London.
1: Yeah. And I mean, if we're going to take a poll for the most well-known song of all time, it's either We Will Rock You slash We Are The Champions or Bohemian Rhapsody. So like you can really tell how influential this band is.
2: Pretty sure we talk about this in the future, uh, but you don't hear We Will Rock You without We Are The Champions Mm -hmm. immediately after on the radio. And it comes up on streaming services like Pandora. I'll hear it. And Pandora doesn't know that you're supposed to play the two together. (laughs) Yeah, that's why. And it gets really confusing, and it's upsetting, and it just completely ruins my day.
0: See, that's why radio will never die, because we (laughs) know that you're supposed to play that, and guess who doesn't? A dumb fucking computer. Once more, Queen flew off to the U.S. for a tour where Freddy once more frequented the gay scene It it was important that he kept his sexuality under wraps, though, because it was very possible that their success could rock the boat. Freddie continued to tout Mary Austin publicly as his girlfriend, but his friend David Evans said 85% of the time he was bringing a dude home for sex. In addition to his sex habit, Freddie was also enjoying more and more cocaine, hmm approximately four thousand dollars worth a week Dude. fucking crazy
2: wow you know maybe it's me but that kind of gives a new perspective on the whole hookers and blow thing
0: yeah i don't really think about that at this point the tax man came mccullin and queen decided to become tax exiles which included staying outside of the uk for 300 days so they recorded their next album, Jazz, in Switzerland, and that one got awful reviews.
1: <laughs> My brain was over here like, Jazz in Switzerland was the name of the album. My brother's <laughs> yodeling. Jazz
0: in Switzerland. Um, but
1: then I realized I can't comprehend much in general, and they were recording this album while they were evading taxes in the country of Switzerland. Um, it's not the title of the album. The whole album is just called Jazz. Mm-hmm.
2: See, now this time around, you get to blame Pregnancy Brain.
1: <laughs> the first time, you're <laughs> just an idiot. reference, yes, for you <laughs> folks at home. <laughs> Um, I also at one point didn't know that snakes had bones. What? Just outing my. You thought
0: they were just noodles? Yeah, they look like noodles. Why would they have bones if they can run like that? Run. Wiggle,
1: <laughs> wiggle and <laughs> run. And then sweater. Daniel was like, "Snakes have bones because like fish have bones." And I was like, "I know that they do." And then I mentioned this at work today, and there was another girl that was like, "Snakes have bones," and I was like, "See, <laughs> <laughs> we're all stupid. That's huh. fine.
2: Is that public schooling." although <laughs> i knew a snake was a vertebrate so
1: what did you call it a vertebrate a vertebrate oh it, it's had sex i'm just kidding
0: <laughs> a virgin <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about am tired <laughs> wait but really how do snakes have sex they poop <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Not during
1: sex. <laughs> I just I I had a question because when I didn't know snakes had bones, you looked it up. When I didn't know snakes had bones, I also was like, how do they poop? And then I looked that up, and there's YouTube videos. So I'm sure there's YouTube videos of snakes having. You sex You certainly
0: can't poop if you I don't didn't have Google bones. That. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what pushes it out? Not the bones. Yeah, the organs. What? You, don't. you said you can't poop if you don't have bones. That was a joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you make it sound like all of the ribs like push down and, like collectively and just like scoop it out of the butt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but really, how do they fuck? They lay eggs, right? Like I just don't yeah, get it. They lay eggs. Hang on. So like some things that lay eggs, they lay the egg and then the egg gets fertilized. But that can't happen with this. Snake. I
2: don't think snakes do that. No.
1: They align the base of their tails at the whatever that word is.
0: Is it fun? Do they have fun?
1: It would, <laughs> <laughs> They have sex organs called hemipenis. <laughs> penis And they extend and release the sperm into the female snake. Male snakes have two penises. One
0: has. They have their testicles. Save some for the rest of us. <laughs>
2: They're really excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What are they going to do? Do they, do they ever use both of them at once? No,
1: only Anyways, one goes into the female.
2: That's right. On this episode of uh, what are we on? Death by uh, National <laughs> Geographic.
0: <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry, guys, <laughs> listeners.
2: That was one hell of a tangent.
0: I feel really bad for the people who are coming into this coming uh, into this <laughs> podcast. With, like, with their hemi penis. <laughs> who haven't been following it the whole time because it's got to be so fucking confusing. No. This is
1: why we started it backwards. And, obnoxious. and like, I don't know what
0: to do because it's like, I don't know if this is going to be entertaining for them. And like, maybe they think it's funny. And like, I'm funny. I always debate. I'm like, should I cut these parts out? Probably. And I'm like, well, I had fun. So maybe they'll have fun, too. Hmm. And then, you know, and then we'll get a, a, a one fucking star because we don't know the songs Boon Man is by... Uh, sound garden. We're not talking about them here. We're
1: talking about snake penises only.
0: Why are we talking about snake penises? Because they have bones. Okay. Um, so then they have boners. Okay. So jazz. Jazz. <laughs> jazz. <laughs> I saw a thing recently. Here we go again. That was like anytime I make a mistake, I'm just gonna call it jazz. Oh, you know? yeah. Like mm-hmm. oh forgot to fucking brush my teeth today jazz because it's just you can do whatever you fucking want yeah it's improvising yeah (laughs) okay so you're gonna have to
2: do a freddie mercury outtakes episode or something
0: yeah (laughs) we really said we were gonna keep the bullshit to a minimum on these so it wouldn't be confusing and i i don't know like you guys can you please tell us if
1: If we're annoying do you hate us
0: yeah do you hate it (laughs) check yes or no (laughs) okay so jazz uh, yeah I think it's a pretty good album. It contains songs, fat bottomed girls, bicycle race, and don't stop me now. Those are the most notable of the album.
1: Great. Um, if you can't beat them, it's catchy, but the three you've already mentioned seem to have a higher recording quality at the time. It's also like they knew those ones that were going to be big. So they just made them better.
0: <laughs> that's a great. That's great logic. Well,
2: uh, they also used uh, "Let Me Entertain You" to open a lot of their shows too. Um, also, side note: Bloomshin has a really fun bicycle race cover for those of you interested.
0: So, despite the shitty reviews, the tour nevertheless sold out, and Freddie's parties became bigger and better. One writer described the extravagant Queen concert in New Orleans in 1978 as just a pre-party for the big 400 guest. $200,000 party afterwards. There are a few accounts of what went on that night, ranging from hermaphrodite dwarves serving coke from trays on their heads, to a 12-hour orgy.
1: Apparently I've been throwing parties wrong.
0: You no, know, Well, I, I didn't see any dicks out at your baby shower. <laughs> <laughs> True. True.
1: <laughs> We had beanie weenies in a pot. (laughs) (laughs) did (laughs) have beanie weenies. Without the beans. They were just the weenies.
2: This party is actually supposed to be the legendary album launch party for jazz, which the exact details have been lost to the annals of time. This information I'm getting from uh, faroutmagazine.co.uk, article by Tom Taylor, uh, hosted at the Fairmont Hotel in New Orleans. It said guests were greeted with oral sex instead of a handshake.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Entertainment included a professional live... Chicken head biter offer. Aussie? I don't know the I don't know the professional name for that. Hold
0: on, particular I like thing. I'm still hung up offer. on the greeted with oral sex. Yeah. So like you just walk in and someone's like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Can I take your coat? Uh, now can you take your pants off just for a second? Hello and welcome to the party.
2: <laughs> Apparently, like,
0: and everyone was like, oh. Well, hello. Yeah. Give you a little kiss on the hand, and then they're munching that beaver. (laughs) (laughs) Like, is that? I don't know. I just want want to see... uh, Why wasn't this part in the movie? I wonder why.
2: Don't know. But uh, yeah, amongst (laughs) amongst that entertainment, that included Zulu tribesmen, fire eaters, drag queens, magicians, naked 300-pound Samoan women on banquet tables smoking cigarettes from holes that aren't attached to their lungs... Uh, oh. transvestite strippers Ooh. in bamboo cages, and for some reason, naked women in tubs of uncooked liver. What? Not to exclude the hermaphrodite dwarves with plates of coke uh, strapped to their heads. So, sounds like these, quite a lovely time. Who
0: came up with these ideas?
2: I don't know. I feel a like lot these of aren't this...
0: cocaine ideas. These are like acid ideas. Like, woo-woo. I feel <sighs> like
1: these might have been people they just came into contact with like over the years and was like let's just invite them and tell them to do something fun
0: yeah you know like i feel crazy. like these are
1: also people that would be fans of queen
0: you remember that <laughs> asher roth song i love college
1: i love drink it yeah and then that
0: whole like the bridge they're like <clears throat> do something crazy do something crazy yeah and then they're like keg stand That shit was not
2: crazy. Those guys are idiots. Yeah. So, this party, legendary party, lots of crazy claims going on, but who knows what actually happened.
0: Interesting. I'm I'm trying to think of the craziest shit I've seen at a party, and I'm struggling to find.
2: There's nobody biting the heads off of chickens.
0: No. 300 pounds of women smoking cigarettes. We had a party, and
1: I had to pull two dudes off of each other because they were fighting, and then we had ordered because we were like let's just get like taco bell party pack so we got one of those like 20 pack tacos but they left it out overnight oh my god that's crazy (laughs) no but then my roommates the next day were trying to eat
0: them and i was like that is meat that has been out Uh, you'll be okay uh the craziest thing that i recall happening at a party was we were all at this party and it was about 10 years ago (laughs) and uh, one of the girls who was there was dating this guy who used to do foot porn (laughs) are you cutting this out of the episode no I'm not naming any names (laughs) and he was loud as fuck and I did run into the foot porn guy three fucking I don't know it was like a couple of days ago at a restaurant uh, I turned around and it was him and I was like oh my god and I was like Cassie I'm sitting next to footboard and she was like oh, I hope you're not wearing open-toed shoes <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, okay well uh Okay, back to the (laughs) fucking story. Let's not forget that Queen had hired a bunch of naked women to ride around on bikes in the video and on stage for bicycle race. The Deep South was very upset by this.
1: When isn't the Deep South very upset? That's
0: a good fucking point. Right?
2: (laughs) That was a fun video. Never saw it until just recently. Um, I'm just glad they didn't have any accidents while filming.
0: Riding a bike (laughs) naked. I see a lot of injuries happening. So, now in the late 70s, things were going absolutely nuts for Queen and Freddie. Literally. They were <laughs> what? <laughs> <nuts>. Sorry. <laughs> uh, they were on a nonstop cycle of tour, album, tour, album. Freddie would dip backstage during shows to do a line of cocaine and get a quick blowjob.
2: I find that difficult to believe. Have you seen how tiny his pants get during shows?
0: Yes. He takes layers off. He's taking, He's going backstage getting a little blowjob. And then just doesn't put that layer back on, you know?
2: Right, but you know how small pants were back then? Yeah. Where is he putting it?
0: What? His dick? His dick and balls? What are you asking me? His heavy penis. Where
2: where is it this whole time he comes back out on stage and you know... Where is he putting it? the The logistics don't make any sense.
0: You can tuck it. I just... I am not quite certain about how dick's work him. i don't fucking know anyways back i'm not doing another fucking tangent right so were they burning out freddie had stamina because cocaine but the others were becoming a little bit worried about him at least recording in munich freddie was able to hide from the british press while he was frequenting their gay clubs at the munich hotel that they were staying at freddie wrote his first piece for the new album in the bath it was a song called Crazy little thing called love, which became their first number one hit in the United States. Heading on tour again, Freddie finally ditched his one night stands for a relationship with Tony Baston, who he met at a nightclub. Instead of Freddie leaving and never seeing him again, which is what he had been doing with his you know hookups and stuff, he and Tony exchanged numbers and they carried on a two year relationship. Now you'd think that maybe Tony was providing some stability and sanity in Freddie's life. But that was not the case. Freddy was still indulging himself on the road. He's at the top of the world. He was unaware of the risks and the deadly virus that would soon change the world. As the book Somebody to Love describes, a gay man named Gayton Dugas emerged in the popular gay scenes. He was a flight attendant and he hopped all across the country for years. He'd been infected with HIV as early as 1974 and was experiencing his own sexual renaissance and unknowingly exposing the virus to over 250 partners a year for at least five years. He flew across Canada, the United States, and even Europe, having sexual encounters in every spot. In 1980, Dugas was experiencing swollen lymph nodes and purple lesions on his skin. Doctors claimed skin cancer. Thinking he had cancer, he continued to have unprotected sex. Uh, Dugas is considered the patient zero of HIV and AIDS.
2: And that is what people believed for a long time until it was proven incorrect fairly recently. So this information I'm getting from NewYorkTimes.com, an article by Donald G. McNeil Jr. is dated 2016. Scientists were able to trace the strain of HIV responsible for nearly all cases in the U.S., Uh, They found that it was brought to Haiti from Zaire around 1967, then it spread to New York about 1971, then on to San Francisco in about 1976. The strain that Dugas caught was already infecting men in New York before he even got hired to Air Canada in 1974. Hmm. The whole patient zero thing was actually from people misreading an early study where he was labeled as patient O, O meaning outside Southern California. Weird. So they write it as patient zero, causing people to believe these things could be blamed on one person.
0: And that's why we have added Jake to the podcast. (laughs) Yes, that's the
2: sole purpose. That's why I'm here.
0: Back in Munich in 1980, Queen began working on two projects, the soundtrack for Flash Gordon and their eighth album, The Game.
2: The, the Flash Gordon theme is actually pretty lit. You I listened to say, it
0: approximately 20 times. I
2: did. Uh, I, I, we, I got to this part of the story and I, I put that album on. And I'm like, fuck yeah,
0: Flash. Wah-wah. Wah-wah everyone was pretty tired at this point they were burnt out from you know the drinking and the partying and brian may says that everyone almost quit the band as tensions rose the game marked a deviation in the sound for queen uh freddie only wrote three of the songs one of which was play the game and it was the first song that they used synth on It also contained John Deacon's number one hit, Another One Bites the Dust. Ah,
1: yes. One of the most notable baselines in history. Mm -hmm.
2: Indeed. It even caught the ear of a young Alfred Yankovic. Oh who was looking for his second hit single after releasing My Blogna, My Baloney, uh, famously recorded in the bathroom across the hall from his college radio station. Al's parody of Deacon's hit titled Another One Rides the Bus debuted on the Dr. Demento radio show in September 1980. It is said that while practicing the song before the show, Al met his right-hand man, John Bermuda Schwartz, who offered to play percussion for Al using Al's accordion case. So that's how they met, and they've been together ever since.
0: Hmm. Jake just saw Weird Al two days ago Yep. back to Tony Bastin the guy Freddie had a relationship with for two years while in the US Freddie flew Tony out to see him and then broke up with him face to face after his plane landed uh, which is kind of extra he suspected that Tony was cheating on him even though Freddie was fucking just about anything that moved and uh, he let him know that he had a return flight waiting for him
1: He also kept Tony's cat. Wow. Adding
2: insult to injury.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Not cool. Not fucking cool. (laughs) I would lose it. After the breakup, Freddie went nutto at the NYC gay clubs again. There he met John Murphy, one of Gayton Dugas' lovers, who was infected and already showing signs of Kaposi's sarcoma. So they had a one-night stand. Soon after, Freddie purchased an apartment in New York City to stay near the scene that he loved so much. After a South American tour, Queen returned to the studio to work on Hot Space, inviting david bowie for backing vocals on one of the songs they ended up having a jam session where under pressure was created over 24 hours fueled by coke and booze
2: yum uh yet another notable bass line uh, this one famously picked up by vanilla ice for ice ice baby causing a little bit of controversy over songwriting credits and royalties yeah
0: because he said that was his argument he was like the, the line is dun 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 yeah he's like i changed it
2: up a little bit yeah he tried to be like oh i bought the rights and they're like no no you didn't
0: i watched an uh interview where he was like mine goes and that's all you need and they were like no it's fucking not you idiot he tried bowie came up with the idea to have each person go into the vocal booth for this one and record how they thought the tune should go so, this is where all the boom, baba, like scat type stuff came from because they were just sitting in there, like riffing, and then put them together afterwards. True. And then they worked out the lyrics together. Yeah.
1: Apparently, a British journalist tried to pull a Bowie Mercury feud out of his own ass to start rumors that the two didn't actually get along. But Mercury squashed those rumors by telling the journalists that working with Bowie is beyond his wildest dreams. The pair were actually great friends.
0: Yeah, I mean, of course they would try and drum up some controversy where there is... I wonder when someone's going to say that, like, uh, you and I have some beef or something. (laughs) One small beef taco. (laughs) 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 Now, in the summer of 1981, Freddie decided to celebrate his 35th birthday in New York, flying over 100 of his friends which is some damn i wish i had that kind of money type shit a report had just come out in the u.s about a gay disease that had infected 100 men at least and already killed half of them but the friends from the uk were unaware of the report and they all partied for five days straight Uh, He heard about it soon enough on the radio, a cancer that was affecting gay men, is how they described it at the time. Freddie tried to tune it out and continued on being promiscuous. Yikes. Yeah. In September of 1982, new observations of the virus were made across varying populations. Panic ensued as the CDC named it AIDS. Someone had to warn Gayton Dugas, and one doctor tried to, and he didn't care, saying, I got it. Let them get it he'd go to dark bathhouses fuck dudes and then turn the lights up to show his sarcoma lesions saying i've got gay cancer i'm going to die and so are you
1: is this when they made it illegal to knowingly transmit a life-threatening disease like i'm sure that was later on but
0: i don't know
2: yeah that seemed to have started uh probably around the 90s and it varies from state to state uh, here in the u.s it even varied uh on the level of how criminal it is and the punishment. So there's some arguments that some of these laws actually do more harm than good because people are like, I'm not going to go get tested for various oh, reasons, oh. shit like that. Yeah. Because
0: if they knew, then they would be
2: yeah there, criminal there's,
0: if they didn't tell people. So they're just like, well, I just don't know then.
2: Yeah. So they, they, it's stuff like that. And they you know, the way the laws are worded from state to state, you know, Things like that would happen, so probably still do happen.
0: So back on the Queen side of things, the band had returned to record Hot Space which flopped with fans and angered Brian May. They eased up on the guitar. They started to go in like a funky disco sound, despite the fact that disco was hated at the time.
1: <laughs> disco was hated because of the scene it represented, not because the music was bad. You know, even the
2: hottest band in the world, Kiss, yes. uh, bowed down before the disco kingdom with their song, I Was Made For Loving You, three mm-hmm. years earlier, 1979.
0: So, yeah, so along the lines of the disco stuff, they the guys felt like their music was turning into gay nightclub music, and that's not what they were. That's not what they started as. Um, So they they played a couple of 8,000-cap venues, and they didn't even sell out Then Queen performed in 1982 on Saturday Night Live. This is where Freddie first started to show symptoms of someone recently infected with HIV. He was short of breath, pale, and he'd been suffering from flu-like symptoms, lesions, and headaches.
1: So the performances are still up on YouTube, and to me, like, he still looked
0: good. Mm -hmm.
1: So, like, they were covering it up.
0: Yeah, Uh, Freddie Freddie had a white lesion on his tongue, which is one of the first signs of virus infection. Mm -hmm. Typically, within the first couple of weeks after becoming infected, 70% of people show flu-like symptoms. It's likely that he had been infected several weeks before the SNL show uh, when he stopped by NYC between tour dates. It's really unfortunate because while he was exposed previously after an encounter with John Murphy he had not become infected from that. Uh, had Freddie heeded the warnings in the news, he could potentially have avoided the virus. That's so sad. Yeah. With Hot Space looking like a flop, Freddie did not want to record with Electra anymore. Jim Beach negotiated them a way out of the contract and got Queen signed with Capital, including a solo contract for Freddie.
1: He managed a few charting singles on his own, but nothing like the success of Queen as a whole.
0: In America, Queen began their next album, The Works. Containing songs like Radio Gaga, this was Roger, Roger Taylor's first Queen hit. Finally, each member of the band had one. John Deacon's song I Want to Break Free was a hit across much of the world, but the video did did piss some people off it's the one where they're all dressed in drag and that was just far too much for the united states audiences to handle so mtv refused to play the video that's
1: a great video it is great boo mtv
0: yeah i have a whole (laughs) cosplay of that Uh, i think i'll bring it to dragon con
1: have
2: you done that one yet
0: no i wore it to a birthday party so i had a when i turned 27 um i did a dead rock star type theme party where everybody oh, okay. had to That's dress up like yeah 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 okay. like a musician that had that. passed away so yeah um yeah i did freddie mercury in the i want to break free video so i was a i'm a woman cosplaying a man cosplaying a woman yeah so i had the wig and a, i also had a mustache anyways in munich freddie was certainly enjoying his gay love affairs but he also had a relationship with a woman named Barbara Valentine. She was a busty German porn star and she had quite the gay following. So as soon as the two met, they were drawn to each other and since the end of his relationship with Mary, Freddie hadn't actually had a real relationship with a the woman. There were some complaints that About the movie, Bohemian Rhapsody, because this relationship was completely left out. But he had so, so, so many fuck buddies, it would just be impossible to cover them all.
1: Right, and the movie was about highlighting him and the band, not just doing an in-depth investigation on who he was sleeping with like. yeah
0: that's what we're for um, <laughs> barbara appeared in a music video for queen's next single it's a hard life
2: yeah she's the one in the black poofy outfit for everyone who wants to know oh if you go back and watch that video
0: Thanks,
1: hmm. she's
2: pretty easy to pop uh, p- Pop, to out.
1: Pop?
0: <laughs> wow. Pretty easy to pop out she almost
2: did when she uh, leaned over the railing there but yeah right,
0: yes they did say she was busty <laughs> yeah so this song was a favorite <laughs> we know jake's just thinking he's just got titties in his head he's like say the say the right word pop out the like, fuck <laughs>
2: <laughs> plead the fifth <laughs>
0: This song was a favorite of most of the band, but it hardly charted in the United States, which, which explains why I've never heard of it. Uh, turns out that the drag was just too much, and their 1984-1985 North American tour dates did not end up happening. So this is just because of that previous video for I Want to Break Free. They yeah. were like, yeah, we're just not going to fucking promote Queen anymore. Several times in Munich, Freddie appeared to hit rock bottom In his cycle of booze, drug, sex party, he was diagnosed with excessive consumption of drugs and alcohol after several blackouts and bouts with uncontrollable tremors. Finally, around Freddie's 38th birthday, The Sun printed a story about his consumption of vodka and coke and published the fact that Freddie was gay. He ignored it and commented in another interview that, if he was going to make confessions about his sex life to be trendy, The Sun would not be the newspaper that he would go to. <laughs> so sassy. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie finally released his own <laughs> solo single called Love Kills, interestingly choosing to put it out in competition with Queen's music. i surprised they weren't pissed off about that. Uh, people started whispering that they were about to break up. There was some pretty bad press concerning some shows Queen played in South Africa. Queen wanted to keep politics out of their music, but playing the shows made people feel as if they supported apartheid. Is that how you say that? Yes. Okay, I know I fucked it up the first time I recorded this. I got it this time. With a short break, Freddie recorded a video for his solo record, I Was Born to Love You, where he chases a nearly nude woman which was confusing for everybody, around for a video until they fall in bed and make out. Not super convincing, but the video did pretty well. His solo album, Mr. Bad Guy, was released, and Freddie went back out on the road for Queen's tour. At this time, Live Aid was in the works, and through various connections, the keyboard player at Queen's shows, Spike Edney, asked the band if they would be willing to perform. It didn't seem like they would at first, because they were kind of falling apart, but they were able to convince him by saying, ''Fred, why wouldn't you do it? The entire stage was built for you. Darling.'' the world mm-hmm. so they were stroking that big delicate ego and freddie agreed at this time his relationship with jim hutton was blossoming this guy's like a bear looking mustache dude from the movie remember mm-hmm. he's like furry
2: another uh he's mustache not a furry he's a, a, member.
0: a mustache aficionado member yes, yes he's, he's a card carrying <laughs> member as well so freddie had a genuine loving connection with jim and they would remain together until freddie's death Now, Jim, interestingly, acted like he didn't know who the fuck Freddie Mercury was, which was probably impossible for the time. But Freddie started playing his games, as he usually did, trying to make Jim jealous or just using him to get another guy's attention. Uh, Leading up to the Live Aid show, Freddie gave a rare interview. He seemed to be well, but his mouth and his tongue were all messed up, and it was apparent that something was wrong. The interviewer delicately asked if it was from working so hard all the time, and Freddie agreed that working on two projects at once was taking a toll. Which, yeah, I mean, stress can fuck you up physically, too. Uh, He had been to the doctor about his oral thrush, though, but he refused to be tested for AIDS, which is kind of what you were talking about before.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of denial going on, especially back then. If you test positive, it's basically your death sentence. So if you ignore it, you don't have to admit it. Uh, You don't have to admit that you're going to die. At this time, there really wasn't anything you could do to stop it. Uh, plus people really hadn't experienced anything like this before and it was still so new that there wasn't a lot of information out there so
0: this is why I didn't go to the dentist for eight years and then I ended up needing a root canal because I was like if I don't think about it then it's not really there but it yeah. wasn't okay. in
1: like the back of your mind where you're just like maybe it's
0: this. I'm like I'll just chew on the other side and then, uh, and then they were like no. your jaw's gonna fall off yeah. you, you gotta get fucking get rid of this thing in the book somebody to love uh, it's describes four crucial decisions that the band made leading up to Live Aid. They decided to play prime time in the UK, which was between 6 and 7 p.m. rather than opening or closing the show Or They put as many hits into a medley as possible. They would practice it to perfection for the three days leading up to the show. And then when they took the stage, The sound guy was instructed to turn the volume up louder than everybody else.
1: Of course he was.
0: Now let's talk about Live Aid. It was a global concert telethon directed at raising money for the famine in Ethiopia, which had overtaken the news. It was held on July 13th, 1985 in both the UK at Wembley and in the US at JFK stadium airport big venue big two big venues (laughs) we Uh, didn't look it up sorry guys (laughs) (laughs) i did this research two years ago Smaller concerts were set up at other nations across the globe. It was watched by around 40% of the world's population.
2: Right. So in 1985, that's an estimated 4.8 billion world population. That comes to 1.9 billion people watching the old boob tube.
0: You still have titties on the brain, huh?
2: Yes, I do. (laughs) You're
0: thinking about Valentine and that lady. Yeah, good stuff. 30... Okay, you can <laughs> It's, it's, it's good joke. stuff. Do you wanna, just, I want you do to you know step that it's good out? stuff. No. Ah. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm good. I'm sitting down.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Freddie took Jim <laughs> Hutton to the show who had apparently never been to a concert before. <laughs> red flag yeah but maybe he
1: actually wasn't kidding at that point that he didn't know who
0: freddie was because this guy doesn't
1: even know it's possible i was
0: like this man's fucking he's a liar but no No, you asked (laughs) you you,
2: you could ask me like uh, about any of the most popular pop stars rock stars now and i'm like i don't know who the fuck you're talking about
0: they weren't supposed to take the stage i guess freddie had a throat infection and he was advised by a doctor not to but freddie didn't give a fuck so he walked up on stage and captivated nearly two billion people worldwide uh that stage really was made for him bob geldoff who organized live Aid, said that they were the absolute best performers there in 2005 it was also named the greatest live rock performance ever by the bbc if you haven't seen the
1: performance do yourself a favor and watch it on youtube and then for fun watch the shot for shot video that has both like remy malik in bohemian rhapsody's performance with that frame it's beautiful
2: if you like that i highly recommend uh watching queen rock montreal from 1982 i believe uh another stellar performance and you get to see Freddie gradually get more naked
0: almost he slowly
2: transforms into like smaller and smaller shorts until he's got these tiny little white booty shorts on yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) Freddie had his first AIDS test in late 1985 apparently the test can show that you have the antibodies but not necessarily show that you are positive for the disease Um, so like with COVID it it means that you've been exposed but not necessarily that the infection was successful Uh, Freddie said that his results came back negative and they very well could have but we don't know Since the historic performance at Live Aid, it was becoming clear that the members of Queen worked much better together, so they returned to the studio for a documentary and a new song. One Vision became the first song that all four guys shared writing credits on. While recording that one, Freddie was continuing his steady relationship with Jim Hutton. uh, They were still visiting gay clubs in Munich, but it seemed like they were either becoming boring Or that he was becoming scared of that scene.
1: I mean, I would imagine being comfortable in, like, a monogamous relationship would be, like, playing a factor. But also, Mm -hmm. like, I guess nobody even knew about Jim.
0: Yeah, and I think there probably was, like, a certain level of fear in the whole community after watching their friends die. Where it just wasn't the same kind of vibe that it was before at these big parties. Like, everyone's scared. Um, Nobody could really figure out why Freddie was changing and pulling back. But there was this one insane incident with Barbara. Freddie had cut himself. He had blood all over his hands. And when she tried to help him clean it up, he screamed at her not to touch him. Mm, So she says from that reaction, she knew that he knew that he was infected. Ultimately, at the end of 1985, Freddie left the Munich gay club scene altogether. Freddie and Jim moved back home to London. Uh, Queen came out with another album after 15 years together called A Kind of Magic, which contained songs for the movie Highlander.
1: I've never seen that movie, but the album, it's got Who Wants to Live Forever on oh, it, which so is good. like foreshadowing. So
2: yeah. Sad. I, I know I've seen Highlander, but I never really got into it. But this has to be one of my favorite Queen albums to put on. It wasn't like a soundtrack album like they did for Flash Gordon, you know. Uh, one Vision, A Kind of Magic, One Year of, of Love, Who Wants to Live Forever, and one of my personal favorites, Princes of the Universe, um, are all on that album, you know, Who Wants to Live Forever, gets really hard to listen to sometime, uh, sometimes, just knowing about what happened to Freddie.
0: Yeah.
2: It definitely is a little bit of foreshadowing there.
0: Oof. So, tickets for their final tour sold out every date in just a few hours. Freddie began to have issues with his throat again, including nodules on his vocal cords and infections. <sighs> Nevertheless, he powered on, also continuing to pretend that Mary Austin was his girlfriend in front of the press, lest Jim be seen and Freddie be proven gay. Uh, Freddie stopped indulging at their insane after-show parties. He claimed to be looking after his voice. After some shows on their final tour, Freddie was heard offstage saying, I can't fucking do this anymore, but nobody thought anything of it because it was the end of a tour. Uh, None of the guys thought that those shows would be their last, but his final performance ended up being at Knibworth to an audience of 120,000. Uh, it may be important to note that they didn't have any U.S. states, and this could have been because of the reaction to their drag video, but it's also likely that Freddie didn't want to undergo an AIDS test in America. If he tested positive, they wouldn't let him tour there, and then he'd have to admit to his band and his family and the whole world that he'd been infected. But
1: meanwhile, people in America already had it.
0: I think to travel... Um, Dumb. Like, I, I'm assuming at the time they kind of were treating it like COVID. It's a pandemic or whatever. And right. to travel, you have to take a test and have a negative test. Yeah. So I'm I'm guessing that's what it was like. Uh, Freddie stayed out of the spotlight after the Knibworth show. He spent lots of time with Jim. They took a trip to Japan that cost over one million pounds. Uh, he came back to find that the motherfucking son, those Jerks had written another article saying that Freddie had AIDS.
1: Yeah, it was payback for his slam earlier when they when he said they were tacky and he hated them. So yeah, Uh,
2: the Sun just sounds like it was a sleazy celebrity tab Wait, hold on, the Sun's still around. Yeah, Yeah. they sell it next to the Globe. (laughs)
0: <laughs> the grocery store <laughs> the sun, the, glow. the fucking globe fuck Uranus <laughs> what do you want <laughs>
2: mind your own fucking business people that's what they make get money on get the fuck on. out of here that's they haven't gotten any of my money
0: but you
1: can you can always buy a National Enquirer because you need to know where Batboy's at okay
0: so they said that he had AIDS Freddie again denied those allegations On November 11th of 1986, Freddie found that John Murphy, the flight attendant that he had previously had sex with, died of AIDS. Then a few weeks after that, his ex Tony Baston died. So his circle was getting smaller and smaller. In 1987, Queen was on hiatus, but Freddie kept pushing forward to record solo material like his song, The Great Pretender. It became his biggest solo hit during his lifetime.
1: Yeah, originally by the Platters, Mercury did an excellent job with the cover. The music video is fun, too, because yet again, he's in drag, and no one complained.
2: Uh, Also, if you watch closely, it's got a bunch of old Queen videos in there where it looks like he's singing this song in the future, which is really interesting to me.
0: It's kind of like what we're doing in the past future. Yes, it's
2: exactly like this episode. But, you know, it was really weird. I was watching it, and it was like, did he plan to make this song, and then he just had them like make alternate cuts during the making of these other videos to, to make it look no like way. he was singing it? It was just crazy. It probably is probably some like camera trickery, but it was, it was it's fun to watch.
0: So the song was called "The Great Pretender," and Freddie certainly was a great pretender. He'd been covering up his sexuality from the media for over a decade at this point, being in a relationship with Jim, but continuing to cheat and only being f- uh, photographed with Mary. And now he was having to cover up the fact that he had HIV and possibly AIDS. By April of 1987, Freddie had taken 12 tests. He had to get a lesion biopsied, which finally was confirmed as Kaposi sarcoma. The test still had some room for error, but the biopsy did not lie. So Freddie dropped more than 10% of his body weight. He was suffering from constant infections and now had the gay cancer that they were calling it but still wasn't convinced until he got a second opinion from another doctor Uh, quote freddy's hiv had developed into aids the final stage of hiv infection after the immune system has become so compromised it can no longer fight off other infections they gave him around three years to live Uh, freddy began treatment completely hidden with doctors visiting him after hours in complete secrecy Finally, he had to tell Jim, especially since they'd been having unprotected sex for several years. So he showed Jim his shoulder where they had taken the biopsy from and confirmed that it was AIDS. Jim didn't believe him, but Freddie came clean about just how many tests and opinions he had gotten. Freddie urged Jim to get tested, but he refused. The only other people Freddie told were Mary, Peter Freestone, Joe Finelli, and their manager, Jim Beach. So stories were still running in the sun. Paul Printer, the former yes man to Freddie, had been fired several years earlier, and he ran to the newspaper and spilled all the juicy beans. Narc. Yep. Uh, drugs, sex, AIDS, even photos of the men in Freddie's life. He gave them everything. Uh, Freddie was understandably furious and was using his immense wealth to gain access to the best treatments like AZT. Which we mentioned in episode one. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the one that... It was this experimental treatment. They were doing the trials and then they canceled the trials because it was showing results. And they were like, it would be so cruel to not let people suffering from AIDS use this treatment. Mm -hmm. Freddie knew that these treatments wouldn't cure him, but they could help him live longer. AZT, as I said, was prolonging lives in trials. He was able to get some turns out with the trials suspended early, AZT would only work for a year tops before actually making things worse. The company that put it out was making mad profits, basically $10,000 a year from each patient, but the patients didn't really care how much it cost if it was going to help in some way. There was another fabulous birthday party on the way for Freddie's 41st, And at that party, John Deacon, Queen's bassist, quietly asked Jim Hutton what the lesions were on Freddie's face. Jim said that they were sunspots, so John backed off. With the AZT finally helping Freddie to feel better, the band was back in the studio in 1988 to record The Miracle. As the months went on, the side effects of AZT started to outweigh the benefits, and recording sessions were often cut short because he was feeling ill. Brian May began to catch on that Freddie might have AIDS, connecting the dots between his bisexuality, his time spent in New York, and his failing health. Freddie's final performance was against doctor's orders on October 8th, 1988, with opera singer Montserrat Cabell. He was having issues with his throat, so he was set to lip-sync, and the press caught on after the tape was playing too slow. Freddie admitted that he was not singing live, but said that he only had the tape because he was nervous and had never sang to an orchestra before. He also had a noticeable limp with a lesion on the ball of his foot. Mm,
1: Poor Fred. Yeah,
0: in May of 1989, Freddie finally couldn't hide any longer. He told his bandmates about his condition, said that he didn't want to speak further about it, and he didn't want anyone else to know. The band protected his secret and rushed to finish up work on The Miracle, which went straight to number one in the UK. Queen had to make several TV appearances to accept awards, and Freddie was faced with a choice— not to appear and fuel the concerns of the media and Queen fans, or appear and try to hide behind baggy clothes and caked-on makeup. It's really a lose-lose situation. His final appearance was at the Brit Awards in 1990. Also in 1990, Joe, who was Freddie's former boyfriend and current chef, was diagnosed. Jim tried to finally get a test and found that he had HIV, In the same year, Freddie admitted to his sister that he had AIDS and that he would die soon, but he insisted that she not tell her parents. His friends went on believing he had leukemia while the band plugged away at their final album, Innuendo. Freddie had to appear in a music video wearing a padded suit, caked on makeup, and a wig. But instead of making him look better, this stuff just accentuated how bad it actually was. Look up these are the days of our lives.
1: I mean, he looks like David Byrne. I'm i'm getting talking head vibes all around and like the bongos don't help so <laughs>
0: <laughs> way to keep it light-hearted cassie
1: but i'm serious no one talks about how weird david byrne looks all the time
0: i feel like he's they, weird looking well, he's intentionally weird looking. right he's not covering i mean people maybe, can change their appearance just saying.
1: yeah but yeah no i know he was sick obviously
2: uh well you know he did have that sweet cat vest on fuck so. yeah <laughs> um I I had a really hard time with this, though. Uh, this was Queen's last video, and although it's credited to the whole band, Roger Taylor is the main writer of the song, and I have a quote here from him. I was sitting at home in a rather reflective mood, and I did know that Freddie was ill, and I think it came out of that slightly melancholic mood. I guess I was trying to put an optimistic slant on it in a way. Those were the days then and these are the days of our lives now. Today is more important than yesterday. Uh, The song was released in the U.S. on September 5th, 1991. Freddie's 45th birthday.
0: Freddie celebrated his 45th and final birthday at his home in September of 1991 with a small group of friends. He had come to the end of his list of drugs to take for AIDS and had just decided to come off of all medication and enjoy his last few months. His party was his last goodbye to his friends but there were no tears how do you not cry for that I mean imagine if he's known for this long he's probably
1: come to terms with it
0: but he also has lived so many years pretending it's not happening that's true you know and it's just depressing it's just like like at your funeral Cassie Mm -hmm. we're gonna play Miss Miss New New Booty Booty. yeah Like, we're not going to be, I mean, maybe we'll cry.
1: It's a great song. It should evoke tears.
0: Bubba Spokes. Put it on the playlist. Um, Yeah. So a couple of weeks later, Freddie called Jim Beach and said, do what you like with the catalog, but never make me boring. By October, his eyesight was failing and he was hardly able to walk. Mary said that Freddie chose his time to die. Freddie arrived in London by private jet on November 10th of 1991, basically waiting for his death in his fabulous home full of art and friends. He was off of his medications and attempting to be as comfortable as possible. Jim, Joe, Peter Freestone and Mary tended to him. His parents' sister and Elton John all came to visit. In his final days, Freddie was blind, unable to move his muscles, barely conscious and only able to consume liquids. In his final hours, he decided to release a statement that he did, in fact, have AIDS as he confided to Jim Beach in a private meeting. Some people wonder if Freddie actually decided this on his own, especially considering how private he'd been about the matter up until that point. But coming out with his own statement would keep the vicious British press (coughs) The Sun from releasing their own version. Uh, The statement read, Following the enormous conjecture in the press over the last two weeks, I wish to confirm that I have been tested HIV positive and have AIDS. I felt it correct to keep this information private to date to protect the privacy of those around me. However, the time has come now for my friends and fans around the world to know the truth. And I hope that everyone will join with my doctors and all those worldwide in the fight against this terrible disease. My privacy has always been very special to me, and I am famous for my lack of interviews. Please understand, this policy will continue. Jim Hutton said that he was with Freddie when he died, that on the morning of November 24th, he was lowering Freddie into bed and heard a loud crack. Uh, They called a doctor, and then on the evening of November 24th, he was assisting Freddie into a clean change of clothes, and he passed away. Peter Freestone has a similar story saying that it was Joe who lowered Freddie into bed and heard a crack. Uh, Peter says he came into the room and that the doctor injected Freddie with morphine, suspecting that he had broken a bone.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Peter then says that Dave Clark came down and asked Peter and Joe to help him get Freddie to the bathroom. But by the time they came upstairs, Freddie was dead. Regardless of what happened and who was there for it, Freddie Mercury was pronounced dead on Sunday, November 24th, 1991 at 7.48 p.m. Uh, Roger Taylor was about 300 yards away on his way to visit Freddie when he heard the news. Mary had to call Freddie's parents and break the news to them. Uh, In the autopsy report, it was concluded that Freddie died from bronchial pneumonia brought on by AIDS. He had a private traditional Parsi funeral attended by only his family and closest friends. After his death, Bohemian Rhapsody was back at number one and 10 of Queen's albums returned to the charts as the world fell in love with Freddie Mercury once more.
1: So Freddie taking control of his own narrative was actually important because he was able to set the record straight, but also the announcement itself raised actual awareness of the epidemic. About five months after Mercury's death, roughly about 72,000 patrons attended a tribute concert at Wembley Stadium and raised millions for AIDS research. Members of Queen treated it as a send-off party for Mercury, and artists like Bowie, George Michael, Elton John, and more played the show. Following the tribute, Brian May and Jim Beach worked together to establish the Mercury Phoenix Trust, with the organization donating over $15 million to the AIDS research cause. The trust is still active today. Their website has fr- a Friday meter where it tells you... Your vocals on a Queen song and tells like how much you sing like him.
0: Which so is everyone gets zero percent. Yeah, <laughs> they're like you. Sound Except like for Adam Lambert, you sound like shit. Yeah.
1: Um, in November of twenty. Wait, when did we write this? 20? I don't know. Oh, um, um, <laughs>
0: in November of twenty twenty.
1: Uh-huh. probably, forty years after its initial release, Queen's greatest Hits album reached number ten on the Billboard Two hundred albums chart. Um for the very first time, the surge is owed to the massive s- vinyl sale that Walmart had when the vinyl albums they had in so were marked down to just fifteen dollars. I honestly at that point did not know Walmart sold vinyl. Um, I would have assumed it was Target, but okay.
2: Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, Target is way closer than Walmart.
1: <laughs> um, anywho, the album sold 23,000 copies and 1,000 copies in other formats. So basically, the legacy of Queen will live on with Adam Lambert as their frontman now, which if you haven't seen the Netflix documentary they did with Queen and Adam Lambert, it's great. I learned so much. The remaining members of Queen scooped Adam out when he was still on American Idol, and it's just really cool to see. Who? What? Adam Lambert. Adam, didn't I, you see him? I yeah, see I did. did.
2: I mentioned earlier
0: that you don't know popular anybody. Popular
2: pop stars. I no, I don't know who you're talking about.
0: He's not. A, he wasn't a popular pop star. He he's won a pop star. American Idol. I think he won. Amer. He was a, on American Idol. Okay, like I he's never. not. He didn't, didn't he get
1: second place so that Queen could scoop him?
0: If you get second place, you're basically the real winner because people can offer you a record you're contract and you can free negotiate. Agent? Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah, you can like negotiate your deal. So a couple years ago, I saw them in Atlanta, Queen performing with Adam Lambert. and...
1: Oh yeah, he was runner up.
0: It was really, it was really, really good. It was really tasteful. I wasn't sure if I was going to like it or not because mm-hmm. Adam Lambert reminds me of musical theater, and I fucking hate musical theater. That's because he did it growing up. <laughs> uh, I'm not fucking surprised. <laughs> yeah. That's how he's. But he did a really good job. It was very, it was a very tasteful tribute. They had a whole section where Brian May comes out and plays guitar, and then they, they put up a video. Of Freddie Mercury performing mm-hmm. live at some show, and it looks like they're doing a little duet. It's really fucking cute. Yeah, they D- show that in the they, documentary.
2: Didn't they do a holographic version of Freddie? That Is that Tupac. what you're talking about? Just
0: kidding. Probably. Well, it wasn't holographic. I mean, they okay, probably because they
2: did that with Tupac.
0: Yeah. Well, there have been multiple artists. There was like a Whitney Houston hologram concert thing. Oh, there have okay. been a couple people who have done that. Yeah, but the show that I went that. to, they just had them on the screens. So when you're okay. sitting in the crowd, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. It, it looks, looks like, you like, know, like Yeah because Yeah they got the Screens there And you're watching Anyway Yeah because yeah, okay. They're cutting
0: him In and out of Footage with Brian ah, May who's Literally right there So it looks like They're performing Together It's really that would be
2: cool. I feel like there Was, was an ABBA nice. one
1: Done recently And then ABBA was Like we're gonna Go back on tour
2: We're not dead yet
0: We're still here Oh yeah They <laughs> yeah. don't need to Do a hologram I know tour. that's what why It was fuck? weird Yeah they're like uh I'll just do it And they were like Oh no I'm sorry You're old <laughs> Wow I forgot how Depressing this episode Was Yeah
2: yeah, but it, there it, it is. Yeah, the ending was bad, especially those last few albums too. Like starting with uh, uh "It's Kind of Magic," mm-hmm. just the the foreshadowing in the songs. Yeah, who wants to live forever? And then you get "These Are the I, Days I, of Our I, Lives." I, the, yeah, these are the days of our lives. Uh, extremely difficult to watch, knowing Freddie's story and the story behind the song. It's their last video. They literally put it out the year he died. mm-hmm it's 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 extremely hard to watch
1: that's why black star from david bowie is hard to listen to because mm-hmm. all the songs are just majorly Super, depressing right yeah
0: anyways hope it wasn't terrible for you please but anyways keep good news for you is we've got two more seasons at least <laughs> at this point of, of other shit that you can listen to and whatever send us an email death by podcast team at gmail.com and please rest in peace bye later